Welcome into Judica County. Coming up today on the program, we have more question and answer. Always tons of questions coming in about legalese. Josh and Joe, again, managing partners at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. We'll tackle them all. That's all coming up next on Judica County Radio. Whitaker and Hamer presents Judica County with Joshua Whitaker and Joseph Hamer. Welcome into Judica County Radio. Your hosts, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, managing partners, Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. Your law firm for life. They have offices in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, Gastonia, and Moorhead City. I'm Morgan Patrick, consumer advocate. Each and every week we talk legalese. We understand there's a lot going on in everybody's lives, and you might have a legal question that you're facing and you need answers. You can always call Whitaker and Hamer 800-659-1186 that's 800-659-1186 you can also email your questions to the show info at judicacounty.com now when you call us at 800-659-1186 leave your contact information briefly what the call is about and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch all right now no further ado Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer the stage is yours <laughs> I feel like Morgan, you know, we, we have fun here on the show and, and you do a great job bringing us in. And, uh, I feel like we need that 24 hours a day. We just, I need you to follow me around. And anytime <laughs> I go into any kind of room, I just need you. to. And now the, welcome the to stage. the, welcome to the diner. He is going to have lunch here for about an hour. Josh <laughs> Whitaker. I like that man. Or have a mean Gene Okerlund. Oh yeah. Every like, time you walk like, into like a, a, like a pro you. wrestling intro. Yes. I like well, it. Mean Gene's he's passed away. Yeah, the ghost of Mean Gene. It's Halloween, man. <laughs> hey, we have we have AI. We could bring him back. We could do a yeah, we should do that. Uh, do a seance on live on radio, do a seance and try to bring the ghost of Mean Gene. Ouija board him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We could do that. You seem sad, man. We tell you see you know, Morgan mentioned Eeyore, and I'm looking at you, and I see a human embodiment of Eeyore. <laughs> I, stayed, I, stayed up, I stayed up a little longer last night than oh. I, I usually would do on a... Me too, man. <laughs> on a weekday. We uh, were down here at Shady's on Main Street in Garner, me and, me and Joseph, uh, recording, uh, getting ready for another mystery question uh, day that we like to do. And uh, I'm a little tired, but I'm getting there. I it's got a nice some- day out, though. You know, there's that. It is nice. It is. It is. And uh, it's wearing off on me, man. I'm starting to, I had a lot of energy. I feel like you're energy vampiring me right now, honestly. I'm going to bring it up a notch. I'm going to kick it up a notch. I got this, I got this coffee. If you want to take a couple of sips, man, <laughs> you just take turns taking hits off of this coffee. It's all right. It's all right. I think, uh, I think uh, we're going to do, I think today is going to be another, uh, we've been calling it mystery question day and we've had a lot of them in a row, but I like this format. I like getting these questions from, uh, from listeners in different forums and, and uh, kind of giving you our take anyway, for, for better or worse. Yeah, it keeps you on your toes, man. I like it too. I like it too. It does. And, and I can't emphasize that enough. Me and Joe, um, I think back to uh, my dad was always a big fan of what was that? Uh, Car Talk. You ever listen to that? No, never. Morgan, you ever listen to <laughs> was Car like Talk? a radio thing? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it was just two guys, good attitudes, just two men. And they just take, you know, they, it was pre-recorded, but they take questions from people about trying to figure out what's wrong with their car. Two strong men talking about cars, <laughs> but, but they were, it was fun to listen to. I'm not a big, 
I can I can fix things when I need to fix things, but I'm definitely no, a no mechanic by any stretch of the imagination. But I listened to it and I thought it was a good show. I could change your windshield wipers. Yeah. Give me about 25 minutes to do it. <laughs> well, Watch when you think too, about yeah. it, guys, when you when you think about it, you're kind of you're the legal guys. You're the you're, you're you know, we're talking about legalese on the radio. And if people have a problem, uh, it might hit on that. It's kind of like the car guys, but you're legal. By God, Morgan. I hadn't thought of that. I had to bring it kinda, all the way back. Had to bring it all kinda, the way back. I was kind of thinking that when I said it. I can't wait until there's like a, just I'm trying to think of a rant, like a plumber show. And they're like, I like, you remember my dad used to listen to those two attorney guys <laughs> <laughs> back on Saturday afternoons. Well, you know, um, you know, that's, uh, well, you know, and, 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 and from that show, I still can't fix cars, right? But I got an idea now. I've got a better idea, you know, when something happens. I, I, I think back to car. I, I think back to car talk, and I'm like, hey, I remember this guy had this problem, and this is what they said. I still can't. I listen to a lot of car talk. I can identify a car. I can look at these things moving on the road and say that's definitely a, a car. I didn't. Li- I've never listened to car talk, man. But um, is that a still a thing, or is it not a thing anymore? Well, one of the guys died. So is it just the one guy talking to him? So maybe not, they got that guy's ghost. I'm not on. sure. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure anymore. I wasn't prepared to talk that much about <laughs> car talk. <laughs> you came, you came out of the gate. Yeah. If you want any more information on car talk, you'll have to give it a Google. All right. But it's well, well worth. It's well worth listening. Lucky to. for you, I've well, got Google available now. But yeah, we got questions today. We got a, there's some questions that touch on estate planning. It seems like a lot of these questions, somebody has died. I think we got, I think we got some more of those, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, real property, <laughs> personal property contracts, like these hit all the big legal areas. I think we even got like a personal injury question in here to, today. So an auto accident. It's supposed to be sight unseen, man. Are you telling me you've been, you've been cheating on the system? Are you just, no, I, okay. <laughs> all right. I'm just telling you, I, I know, I know. Cause if you're getting insight on these questions, man, and I'm having to go in with, with no knowledge, no, 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 no. just my legal prowess. So when I prepared, when we started doing this a couple of weeks ago and I prepared our hat full of I questions, see, I right? See. I, yeah, you filled the hat. I don't know which ones yeah. are coming. Okay. I haven't done any homework, but right. I've, I've laid eyes on them. Yeah. At some okay. Point. All right. That's fine, man. I just right. know integrity is a big part of the show. So <laughs> it's very so, important to me. <laughs> so just, uh, just an update. So, uh, the best of car talk, uh, NPR is carrying it. Uh, it doesn't look like they're creating any new programming, uh, uh-huh. and it did end its radio run uh, again back in 2021, uh, back uh-huh. in September of 2021. But they they had been on the air since 1977 talking cars. Wow. Yeah, that's a long time. And MP- long NPR time, picked them up, and and there there are versions of it, their best ofs that are out there. But as far as recreating uh, that show, I think they're running current uh, just reruns right now. Mm. Well, those reruns probably hold up pretty good. So if we want to, if we want to best those guys, that's forty-four years on air. So hey, we're, we're started. We're on the way. Yeah, when we, <laughs> let's go. Yeah. So that's uh, we're we're well on our way, man. We're gonna be what twenty sixty-five somewhere around there. You're gonna have God. to pr- replace your producer at some point, but yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna be the I'm gonna be the worst. I'm not gonna care about anything in twenty sixty-five, man. I'm just gonna be on here. I feel like the stand, the radio standards over the airways will be different. We'll be able to curse freely. It'd be the Wild West, man. Twenty sixty five, man. I who knows, man. Will we still even be using chairs? Yeah, we'll be in here with our robot companions, man. <laughs> it'll just be it'll be beam into your brain by that time. We the, won't need yeah, any the, the medicinal advancements. I think we're gonna be in great shape, man. What was it? What was uh? What was it? Ricky Bobby, where he thinks he can live to be three hundred because he's, yeah, he's like, well, yeah, <laughs> big heart yeah. or something. Yeah, I like that, man. Yeah. Well, 
Well, we got mystery questions today. We'll touch on a lot of things that affect everyday life that's more important than pig hearts and other radio shows that we just happen to talk about. Car talk, man. Mm-hmm. Judica County. Well, you've got Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer. They're the managing partners and practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. Of course, managing partners, Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. They have offices located in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, Gastonia, and Moorhead City. And the motto is your law firm for life. If you have a legal situation you're facing, a question possibly, you can always call the firm, 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Leave your contact information, briefly what that call is about, and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. And as always, you can email the show, info at judicacounty.com, and they will answer those questions on a future program. Again, that's info at judicacounty.com. We're back with more questions right after this. Welcome back into Judica County Radio. Your hosts, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, managing partners, Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. And the motto is your law firm for life. Offices located in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, Gastonia, and Moorhead City. So they have offices everywhere for you. If you've got a legal situation you're facing and you need answers to those questions, you can always call the firm, 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Leave your contact information, briefly what the call is about, and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. And you can email your questions to info at judicacounty.com. Josh, take it away. You know, we started out this radio show. We started out our show today telling you we were a little bit tired. We stayed out a little late, which is the, which is the way you want to start out a show. Yeah, you eored it. You really did. You came in with a just a black cloud. So explain yourself. Did a ghost just walk through here? <laughs> no, that was that was that was uh, a guy. I know. Okay, <laughs> that, was, that was really throwing me off, man. Because you're like acting like I, I I thought I saw a ghost, man. No, no, it All was right. a weird noise. Right. Good. And it was a guy. Good, 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 good. Sorry. Carry on. Sorry about Sorry. that, man. <laughs> You're sad and depressed. That's where we were going. I'm with not this. I'm not right. sad and depressed. I am I am a little bit tired. And Joseph, I think you're tired too. We went yeah. out. We yeah. went out. Partying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was fun times, man. Saw David David Chappelle. What's his middle name, I wonder? Um Well, that's about all you can, can say things, about man. that, right? You can't really no Re- man, I relay mean, any do, of the stories. We couldn't video any of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they lock your phones up tight. You couldn't do. You couldn't do. I couldn't do his jokes, man. You can't. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's not really. It's not jokey jokes. But uh, I had a good time, man. He was funny. He's David Kari Kari. I don't know if I said that right. Weber Chappelle. Oh, he's got four names. Very funny fellow, man. It was funny. You knew they were telling me the PNC staff was telling me that that is the. I don't know if it's official, but he was telling me they thought that was going to be the most people ever in PNC for anything. Yeah. Oh, wow. I think, I think the previous record was a Metallica concert, which I was at, and it was packed. Oh, we made the, the New York Times is talking about his, uh, his comments from last night. That's pretty interesting. He didn't say anything crazy. Yeah, they, they talk, he, he, he called the situation in, uh, in Israel uh, a nightmare for everyone. And so they're, 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 Why is that news? I don't know, man. He did say it would be, though, right? Yeah, he did. He did. He, uh, it was interesting. It was, uh, it was a long show though. And it was on, uh, it was on a weekday it was on a night. Thursday, Thursday night. Yeah, it was a, it was a weekday night. So we, we were, we're, we're building up momentum. 
Yeah, I don't think I don't know what you're gonna find, man. I'm looking over there at you, man. And now, is this your you. first Chappelle show? Yeah, first one. I first time I've yeah, seen. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen him before. Okay, first without telling us too much, what'd you think? Oh, thought, it was good. Yeah, I thought it was really good, man. I, thought I would, I would, I would call it great, honestly. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I mean, we, we've seen a lot of stand-up comedy. Okay. And uh, see some good, some bad, some better than others. And this was this was right at the top, man. Well, I don't is, know if it was the best, but it was it right. was close to the yeah, top. Yeah, his comedy is not the type of comedy that's going to keep you rolling. It's more of a thinking. I don't know. I laughed a lot. Yeah. I laughed a lot. You seem tired then too, man. I was tired. You, have you been getting your nutrients? <laughs> I don't know, man. I might need to go for my physical. I was tired of this show, but that was late for me, man. I go to bed early. Anyway, let's answer some questions. Neither here nor there. Yeah, we're going to answer a mystery question. There you go. There's some pep in your step. And uh, the first question I have, and this sounds like a simple question on it, on its face. I, I do like this question. Um, there's a million. This is a question about trust, and I haven't asked the question yet. I'll go and ask the question. <laughs> What's the and it sounds easy, right? What's the difference between a revocable trust and an irrevocable trust? I thought you were going Jeopardy style and you were going to do the answer, and then I was <laughs> going to have to figure out the question. So this 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 person is is basically he's heard these terms. He's asking what's the difference between a revocable trust and an irrevocable trust. And there's one big difference, which I guess will be kind of obvious, and we'll talk about it. But there's a not a million, literally, figuratively. There's like a million different types of trusts that are put together to accomplish different things. And the, the, those trusts fall into like bigger categories. And one category is a, there's a bunch of different types of trusts that can be revocable, meaning during your life, during, you know, well, the parties to a trust. I feel like I keep backtracking like different levels. I think you're doing great, man. If I'm giving you a grade, you're getting a solid B minus right now. (laughs) When you create a trust, we call you the trustor or the settler. You're the one creating the trust. There's also a trustee. Uh, that's the one who's going to be managing the trust assets. So the, the, the settler is the one who's creating the trust. The trustee is the one who's managing the trust. And then there's a beneficiary. There's three parties in the trust. It can be more parties, but there's at least three. So basically the settler is putting property into the, 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 the trustee's possession for the benefit of the beneficiaries. That's that, right. Right. That, you got to get the breakdown. You got to, you got to, Settler, a trustee, and a beneficiary. And you have multiple beneficiaries, you can have multiple trustees, you can have multiple settlers. Uh, but you have to have one of each. Those are the three parties you have to create a trust. Um, and in that trust, you know, sometimes the one party, sometimes Josh Whitaker is the trustee, the trustor, and the beneficiary. Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. Pretty sweet trust. Selfish. It's a selfish <laughs> trust. But uh but if that's the case and I make my trust revocable, that means at any given time I can revoke this trust. So any of the assets that are in this trust that I put in this trust, if I revoke it, they're all mine again. So it's a revocable trust. So Josh Whitaker thing to do, man. <laughs> <laughs> now there's reasons why I might want to make this irrevocable, all kinds of reasons that we, we can talk about. But if I make it irrevocable, then obviously there's going to be some uh, something that that doesn't allow me to just revoke it. If I if I create an irrevocable trust, in theory, that trust is going to exist no matter what I do next. Yeah, there you go. So that's, you nailed it. That's that's the easy answer. I think that woke you up, man. But the the irrevocable trust. A lot of times you'll do those because you're sometimes you're putting assets into a, into a trust that are that are meant for beneficiaries later down the road. And you all have kind of an agreement that you're not going to revoke it because those assets need to go to those people at a certain time. And you being able to revoke it would, would ruin the trust. But there's um, somebody, somebody should count the number of different trust that you could have. That sounds like a project for not me. Sounds limitless. Sounds like a project for you. 
So, so, so that's the that's the difference between a revocable and an irrevocable trust. We use both of those trusts in in estate plans, uh, depending on fact patterns and and who you have to provide for. Uh, but they're good tools for an estate planning attorney. So that was our that was our first mystery question. So hopefully everybody knows the difference between a revocable and an irrevocable trust going forward. If you somebody mentions a trust twenty five years from now after I passed away and Joe stops doing the radio show, you'll remember. I'll yeah. never stop, man. We remember we talked about the advancements in technology, and we're bringing a robot version of back, <laughs> a hologram that's going to sit right there and be tired, just like you. An AI, an AI, AI tired. Joshua. All right. If you have any questions about trust, you can always call the firm 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Leave your contact information. We know what the call is going to be about. It's going to be about trust, and you can get some answers to your question. And you can also email your questions to this show, info at judicacounty.com. What's up next? All right. The next mystery question uh, coming up is we're going to talk more about it. It's, it's another difference question. It's somebody asking the difference between litigation versus mediation versus arbitration. So those are terms that you hear a lot uh, in day to day, uh, you know, just the news and, and society and, and they all have a slightly different meaning, right? So arbitration versus mediation versus litigation. What are they? What are the differences? What are the similarities? Yeah, I'll give you a, just a broad overview and, um, and then I'll let you I'll let you keep going on it because I'm telling you, man, the, as you talk about these legal issues, your face just lights up. I can see the life returning to your body, man. So I think it's good. Like this coffee I'm drinking, you talking about the law is like coffee to you. So um, at, a, at a fundamental level, you know, you it, it, we'll talk about arbitration. We'll talk about mediation. You similar in the sense that you've got parties that are coming to the table to resolve a dispute. So there's a similarity for you. Um, different in the sense that when you're talking about arbitration, you're talking about uh, you, you've got the, the arbitrator who is listening to the facts and the evidence, and they're going to essentially render their own award or judgment or verdict in, in, in on the, on the matter. Whereas when you're talking about mediation, you're talking about the parties, they're still coming together. There's still a third party there, but they're not really issuing any kind of binding judgment. They're not making any kind of calls. They're just trying to keep the, the ball rolling and keep things moving and keep both parties working towards a resolution, kind of try to find a common ground, but they can't outright just say, Hey, this is who's right. This is who's wrong. This is which direction we're going to go with this. So. Yeah. And so you can have a contract. A lot of times you see arbitration and mediation. Um, you know, litigation is obviously the last step, right? As if me and Joe have a dispute, and I decide there's no other way around it. I'm going to sue him. And, and, you know, and then we, we're going to litigate, right? We're going to go through discovery. We're going to have a trial. That's litigation. A lot of times you can have a contract that calls for binding arbitration or non-binding arbitration. You can have a contract that makes you go through an additional step. And the thought is that saves money and attorney's fees and, and time, you know, arbitration is a little quicker than litigation can drag on. Um, and so that's where we, we see that a lot. We see folks who are in a dispute in a contract and they have agreed in that contract sometimes without really knowing, but they've agreed to non-binding arbitration. And so you go, there's third party, just companies that do that kind of thing. And you have a, you have an arbitrator, you guys kind of, kind of pitch your, your side. And then that arbitrator will have a decision and that can be binding or non-binding depending on the contract. But that's that's kind of where you see arbitration uh, come up a lot. But 
three distinct things that come up different places in different states. Those words kind of have different meanings depending on the court system and what they require. But that is arbitration versus mediation versus litigation. Judica County Radio, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, managing partners, Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. Your law firm for life. They have offices conveniently located for you in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, Gastonia, and Moorhead City. If you're facing a legal situation and you have questions and you need some answers, you can always call Whitaker and Hamer, 800-659-1186. Leave your contact information briefly what the call's about, and an attorney will be in touch. Again, that number, 800-659-1186. And you can always email your questions to the show, info at judicacounty.com. We've got more legal questions coming up on the other side. Welcome back into Judica County Radio. Your host, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, managing partners and practicing attorneys at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. And if you have a legal situation you're facing, we're going to give you an opportunity uh, to get on the phone, get on the horn, and get answers to your questions. You can call 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Leave your contact information. Briefly, what the call is about. An attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. You can always email your questions to the show, info at judicacounty.com, and offices are conveniently located for you, Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, Gastonia, and Moorhead City. I'm Morgan Patrick, consumer advocate, and we are in the middle of question and answer. And next up, guys, what are we going with? Our next question is a, is a question from a listener, and it's more of a fact pattern than a question, but it's, um, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting. It kind of touches on estate planning and power of attorneys, but our fact pattern is uh, our, our question asker is saying that his grandmother has been diagnosed with Alzheimer's. I knew someone was either dying or going to be really sick, man. <laughs> I could tell. You get this little smile when you get to talk about that, man. All right, so his grandma is alive. She's with us. She's been diagnosed with Alzheimer's, and he's basically saying that uh, – yeah, a few years earlier, um, the grandma went and had an estate plan done with an attorney, and there was a power of attorney drafted, and his aunt has the power of attorney, right? So his, his aunt has a power of attorney. It can act for the grandma. Now the grandma grandma has Alzheimer's, and the aunt has cleaned out the grandma's checking account. Mm. There was 50 grand in there, 50-ish, <sighs> and the aunt has purportedly... Use this power of attorney to write this check from the grandma's account to herself for the the allegation is for her benefit. And the question is what one can, can she do that? That's the first question. One, can she do that? And two, what can this person do about it? Does that make sense? Does that fact? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So basically in a nutshell, granny, granny gives aunt POA. Aunt robs sweet granny blind. What can be done? Allegedly. Allegedly. Let's just, it's our fact pattern, right? She took the money. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's no allegedly. So, you know, let's, let's put more facts to it. So basically, you know, um, this, she was added to the bank account probably, right? She went into the bank and said, here's my power of attorney. Here's a letter from uh, uh, the, where the grandma signed to make the aunt her, agent that's how the statute reads now but uh her attorney in fact her agent 
so there's a power of attorney and there's probably a letter from a doctor saying, you know, poor granny's in the advanced stages of Alzheimer's. She can no longer function, make her own decisions. And so she's got this power of attorney and she's got this letter from the doctor and she goes to the bank and the bank is probably added her to the ca- the account as a POA, right? As an agent. Yeah. So she can write checks and allegedly we'll say she's written a check to herself for just wiped her out, wiped, wiped her out, out, yeah, wiped yeah. out grandma. Gotcha. And uh, can I guess the first question is, can she do that? And in theory, it just depends, right? It depends because yeah. in, in North Carolina, you know, if you're an agent, you you know, you, I think that you know the default is you cannot, you can't write a check to yourself. Yeah, in the absence of some specific nuanced language specifically stating that you can, you can't just gift yourself property as someone's attorney. In fact. Right. North Carolina on the statutory short form power of attorney. There's all these powers you can initial to grant. One of those powers is making a gift. And then there's another blank that says the agent can basically make a gift to themselves. Right? Now, now, if and if and if the, if the aunt has a power of attorney that meets those requirements, then I think it's a steep uphill battle for you, granny. Right. Right. Because she could technically do it now. That doesn't. So your agent, whoever you name, whether it's son, daughter, sibling, spouse, Whoever you name as your agent, if they accept that role and they act as your agent, they have to be doing it for your benefit. This is what we call a fiduciary role, a fiduciary responsibility. So the aunt has a fiduciary responsibility to the to the grandma here. And uh, even if the POA technically allows her to make a gift to herself to write this check, a bank's probably not going to like that, one. But number two she can't be violating her fiduciary duty. Yeah. And that's, and, and, and that's where you get into kind of a weird area, right? Because it's, it's, it's clearly stated that she has the authority to make a gift and to make a gift to herself. So you get into that area of argument, right? Like what, what, what level rises to a violation of that fiduciary duty? Right. So if, if, the, if we're to believe this fact pattern, that really, that was the grandma's life savings, right? That wiped the grandma out. Then obviously I think that would, you would you would sue the aunt right yeah. as a potential beneficiary of your grandma you'd sue your aunt and say hey you're violating this fiduciary duty you've left her penniless to to benefit yourself and uh you know that's that's no good if that's what's happening yeah it's no good man yeah, i don't know why i thought of this but you you're gonna say no the Saul movies, are you a big fan of those Saul movies you nah, familiar with them you nah. don't even know anything about them joe nah. you're sick you, you like those movies yeah. No, no, man, but I'm aware of them. I've seen them. Well, I'm okay. aware that they exist. Yeah, you know what it is. It's well, like obviously, they're popular. Like, How many have they made? Like five? Eight, ten. They just did the tenth one. Oh they just God. did the tenth one. Yeah, it was like a flashback. Uh, but anyways, the whole premise is like you, there's the guy, he punishes people for their misdeeds, right? He does like torture and things to them, but they can get out of it. And uh-huh. anyways, that's the type of thing that's probably happened in this scenario, man. That's not good. Keeping with the Halloween theme. <laughs> And it, and it happens, you know, money, money changes people, right? Anytime, anytime you get money involved, a lot of families that can, uh, that can kind of change relationships and how, how people act here. If, if we're going to believe our question asker, then, um, then ads done something wrong. And, uh, you know, it's not really, this is where I think a lot of people that I talk to who aren't attorneys get confused, whether, you know, this is, this comes up as a criminal action or, or civil action. And so, here, I don't, I don't necessarily think there's a criminal activity, especially if the POA allows the ant to do what she's doing. Um, this would be a civil, a civil action, this breach of fiduciary duty. So you're not, 
the cops aren't going to do anything to your aunt. She didn't steal the money. Yeah. She had the authority to take it. She took it, but she did so to the detriment of grandma. So this is, this is something that you would pursue in civil court. I think a lot of people who, who aren't in law enforcement and who aren't in the court system and who aren't attorneys, I think a lot of things seem like they might be criminal when in fact they're civil. Yeah. The cops, yeah. the sheriff, they're not going to really care. This isn't an actionable, but the thing. guy from Saul might care. The villain, the I've, Saul villain. I've seen like the, um, I might've said this before, but a lot of movies that I haven't seen on Netflix, there used to be that 32nd bunny. What was that called? It was like a little 30 second cartoon and they like did the whole movie ah, with no, bunnies, no. cartoon yeah. bunnies. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Saw a lot of movies that way. Yeah. That's so how you got I, a general idea. It's a way yeah. to ease into horror, you know, the, the short yeah. bunny flicks. I get it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Man. It was, it was called some like 32nd bunny theater or something like that, but they had a lot of, uh, that's how I, that's how I know what happened in Brokeback Mountain. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you weren't watching that on repeat. And then, uh, then a lot of a lot of these horror movies that I, I don't have the stomach for. But uh, that was a that was a pretty good legal question. That was a pretty. I mean, that's that's a sad legal question, but that was a that was a pretty uh, pretty good one as far as like having to delve into it and figure it out. Some well, of the sad, best ones. Sad, are I was gonna say, ones, yeah, I was gonna say sadly that probably happens more times than not. Well, I've said it a lot of times, man. Your attorney, you're either meeting with us to plan. You're either meeting us to to set up, you know, a business plan or a state plan. You're you're trying to do something to avoid problems, right? So you're meeting with us to plan and avoid issues or to make everything easier when there are problems like death and 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 you know bankruptcy and things like that, or the problems on your doorstep and you haven't planned and we're trying to trying to fix it. Trying right? to help you out. Yep. Yeah. Cause bad one things, of those is way cooler than the other. Yeah. Bad things are coming, right? That's just, that's the life we live in. Bad things are going to happen and you're either ready for them and you plan for them or you have it. And uh, you know, that's, that's kind of where we, we, we kind of help on b- both sides of that equation, but definitely we'd rather plan with you than, than have to help you pick up the pieces after something's gone wrong. Yeah. We'll do either or, but yeah, let's do the first one. All right. Next mystery question. This is the one that's kind of a, I would say it's kind of a personal injury negligence issue. And, and it's not one that I see a lot in my office, but we have somebody who was backing up in a parking lot. So they're in a parking lot. I'm gonna make it a Walgreens. Backing that thing up or like backing a vehicle up? A vehicle. Okay. I didn't know if it was the, the juvenile variety. <laughs> no, no. If it was a bad mamma jam. It was a, it was a wedding in like 2004. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They're at God, those were the days, man. <laughs> They were they were they were in their car. They were backing up to leave a Walgreens at the same time, and they looked right. They looked at the same time somebody else is backing up from behind them, and they don't see each other, and they basically like collide in the middle. They back up into each other, and they're trying to figure out who's liable. I'm surprised with you. It wasn't like, and there was a grandmother. <laughs> She's dead. <laughs> Way dead. Crushed between the cars. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a simple parking lot accident, and these happen, and uh, usually. There's usually, you know, people aren't getting hurt, right? You're not moving at a high rate of speed normally. So people aren't getting injured. That's usually when attorneys get involved, when there's when there's personal injury involved. So you're looking at some property damage, probably not a lot of property damage. Both sides are going to blame the other side. We live in a contributory negligence state where if you're negligence at all, you, you, you can't recover. Um, and usually the insurance companies just kind of handle these. I mean, mm-hmm. you can... You can try to argue this, but usually um, this is not one where your insurance company is going to is going to help you out. There's probably not enough damage to try to sue another person or 
get someone to recreate that, you know, reconstruct the accident and get an expert witness. You're probably not doing all this stuff. Your insurance company is probably going to just help you help you repair your damage and, mm-hmm. and, and move it on down the road. Guys, yep. can I can I jump in and ask a question? Have you dealt with something like this before where it's happened in a parking lot? And, and how do the police handle that situation? Because they're usually called and they come in and they're in a I guess it's a private parking lot and two cars have bumped each other like that. Yeah, you know, usually if the, if the police get called to that, they're they're not always going to make a determination. They're not always going to ticket anybody, yeah. right? They're going to come see what happens. They'll draw up a report, but unless it's clear to that police officer, or you know, they're not going to make a determination of of whose fault it is. That's not really their job. You know, if if the law's been broken, they're going right. to failure to yield, right? Speeding, they'll do all that, but they're not going to arbitrate whose whose fault it was ah, i like how you brought that back <laughs> arbitrate yeah uh that's skill so they're they're not they're t- they're not typically going to get involved in that they're just going to kind of report what happened draw it up and and kind of s- basically say what happened and it's kind of up to insurance companies and 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 people to figure out what they're going to do but a lot of times the insurance companies that's that's something they're used to just dealing with and you know there's a second question does that make your insurance go up you know who, but but if you sue, if these two people got mad enough to sue each other, how are you going to figure out who's at fault? Right? They both didn't see the other person. As long as neither of them were doing anything illegal, it's just it's just one of those things. Or maybe you know two people are at fault. Right? You're both it's just it's just one of those things. And we get that call every now and again. And again, attorneys usually only get involved when there's personal injury involved or damages are are high enough to justify attorneys' fees. Uh, but I think that one's just going to be one that you kind of just have to take take a lump on. Is that a thing people say? Yeah, they, they say that. You say, you say it. You just brought it back. <laughs> it's going to be the, the popular saying Take your lumps. Take <laughs> your lumps and move on. And that's exactly what we're going to do on Judica County Radio. Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, managing partners and practicing attorneys here in North Carolina and managing partners at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. And again, uh, offices conveniently located Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, Gastonia, and Moorhead City. If you've got a legal situation and you need some answers to those questions that you have, you can always call the firm, 800-659-1186. Leave your contact information briefly what the call is about, and an attorney will phone you back. Again, 800-659-1186. And you can always email your questions to this show, info at judicacounty.com, and we'll answer them on a future broadcast. We've got more question and answer coming up right after this. Judica County Radio, your hosts, their attorneys, and they're at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. They're actually the managing partners and practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. I'm speaking of Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, and they've got offices located in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, Gastonia, and Moorhead City. I'm Morgan Patrick, consumer advocate. Each and every week, it's always legalese. We get into these topics. We get into these questions. Uh, You're going to have questions of your own. Uh, You can always get answers to those questions by calling the firm Whitaker and Hamer. 800-659-1186. Leave your contact info, briefly what the call's about, and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. Again, the number 800-659-1186. And you can always email your questions to the show, info at judicacounty.com. And we're back to the questions, Josh. All right. Well, this one's uh, this one's uh, more of a juicy 
fact pattern than a, than a question, but this comes up a lot in our practice, a lot of different ways, but basically we've got someone, uh, their question is they bought a, they bought a second residence, right? So they, they bought a house, beach mountains. They bought a, they bought a second home that they're going to, their plan is to Airbnb, uh, the property when they're not there and they bought the house, um, no restrictions online, no cover. You know, we talk about covenants and we'll talk more about those, but the HOA, the HOA has no, nothing on record saying that you can't do an Airbnb, the city, town, county, they don't have any restrictions on Airbnb your property. And now that they're there, they've had a tenant. The tenant has been approached by the HOA president saying that it is not allowed. They need to leave. And then our folks have gotten a violation letter from their HOA saying, you cannot offer this house as a short term rental and there's going to be some fines and and that's where we are. So our folks have this house that they need to rent out when they're not there to, to make payments and make this a profitable arrangement. There was no restrictions on public record that this was not allowed. And now the HOA is trying to tell them after the fact that they can't do this. Have you seen the movie Saul? I have. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, that's not appropriate in this situation. Um, yeah, man, that's not how HOAs work. You know, there's, there's, this is what I'll say about HOAs. Their authority, when, when like justifiably founded, meaning that there are recorded covenants that prohibit activity, their, their authority is very real. And uh, they have enforcement mechanisms that are very real. And a lot of people don't believe in that. They're like, HOAs are fake, man. You know, and, and there's people that don't respect HOAs mm-hmm. and they don't pay their HOA dues and they don't think anything's going to happen to them. And then they get literally foreclosed on by their HOA over like $200 of HOA dues. That's a thing that can happen. So HOAs have very real authority, but that authority has to be based in some actual restriction that is recorded on public record. Um, they can't just make them up as they go along with in the absence of some kind of amendment to existing covenant. So in your fact pattern, Joshua, mm-hmm. they can't do this. No. And like, and like Joe said, you know, if me and Joe decide we got a, we got a nice hundred acre track and we decide to make it a neighborhood and we own it and Josh and Joe LLC. A lot of times what we'll do is like, Hey, we, you know, we want this, you know, we want all these lots to be one acre and we want one house per acre. And this house should be, two stories and at least 3000 square feet and you can't have a satellite dish or solar panels. We'll make all these rules and we'll have those rules while we own the property. We, we record covenants and and we say, Hey, this is our hundred acres. These are our rules. And if you buy a house from us or you buy a lot from us, or you own this property after they're going to, this land's going to be restricted. That's why you see a lot of people get really excited when like a 40 acre piece of land goes on the market and it's unrestricted. Oh yeah. Yeah. You can do whatever you want there. So a lot of property, especially around Raleigh and Charlotte and bigger cities is, is restricted in one way or the other. You can't have chickens, one house per lot. Can't paint your house pink. Fence has to be approved by architectural review committee. So you have all these rules and that's public record. And you should know those rules before you purchase the property. That's right. right. A title search, an attorney would pull that up and say, here are your covenants. And, uh, you know, be aware of it. And then certainly there are some communities where they do not allow uh, short-term rentals. And it's right there in the covenant saying, hey, we don't allow it. Uh, you know, so you know, if you do it, you're, it, 
you would be wrong, right? So if you bought that property and you just didn't happen to see that or you didn't know or you weren't told, none of that matters. If it's actually in the covenants, if it's a restriction on the property, then then arguably you wouldn't be able to Airbnb your property. But here that wasn't done. And they're just kind of trying to say it after the fact. And that's happening a lot. You know, yeah. there's a lot of Airbnb. A lot of people are big fans. A lot of people make a lot of money off of it. It's uh, a lot nicer than staying in a hotel, in my opinion, when we travel. But some communities, right, especially neighbors, like if the Airbnb is your neighbor and it's a party house, they don't like it. And so some HOAs have tried to to stop that. But the, really the only way you can do that properly is to look at your covenants. The covenants would tell you how you change covenants. Then you have to have a meeting, have a certain number of votes, usually a super majority in your HOA has to put it on record. They, we voted a majority, super majority voted to ban Airbnb short-term rentals and put it on record. And then people, people who buy houses after that would be subject to that restriction. Uh, but that's not what happened here. You made a good, you made a good point too, man. There's the distinction, right? Like we talk about the fact that uh, if there's no restriction period, then nothing can be done. But if there is a restriction and you're, you just didn't see it, right. Or God forbid your attorney didn't see it and let you know about it, that then that's on you. You know, you're, you're bound by what's on public record and you're going to be stuck in that situation, whether you, you know, you can't claim ignorance to something that is on public record and use that as a, that as a defense to, to doing the thing. So, and this, you know, this started a while ago and right now it's short term rentals, but there's a lot of neighborhoods, uh, you know, where, where everybody who lived there lived there full time and, and some neighborhoods became kind of become rental neighborhoods where a lot of people move away and then they rent their houses. And um, so some subdivisions, you know, 15, 20 years ago, we're trying to make it so that you, you couldn't rent your house for more than a certain amount of time. They really wanted, if you owned a house, they wanted you to live in the neighborhood. And so sometimes there's not a lot of those neighborhoods around, but you'll run into those neighborhoods where they don't, they don't really want to allow any rental. Um, and then of course the short term rentals has brought that issue like to the forefront again, because I've had some clients whose neighbors uh, Airbnb, the house next to them, the condo next to them, you know, what have you. And it's, it really affects their life negatively, but I guess a lot of times it probably doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, to change covenants is usually not easy. If no. you, your covenants are there, everybody's bought their real property for years and years, and years based on these covenants, based on these restrictions and to change it usually requires a meeting uh, everybody getting notice of what the meeting's about. And then you usually need a, a super majority vote to, to amend or change covenants. And, and that ain't easy in most neighborhoods. That's true, man. You know, that's the thing you would think 55 people living together in one neighborhood would all be like-minded and be able to agree, but I'm here to tell you, spoiler <laughs> alert, that's not the case, man. Yeah. Um, so, so that was a, I mean, that was a good question. That's, that's something that comes up a lot, you know, uh, now, now, nowadays, and uh, something that we see a lot of. So if you're going to buy property to rent it, you need to make sure it's okay to rent it. It's allowed. And then and even further, if it, you're going to, if you're going to Airbnb it, you got to make sure there's no restrictions. And, um, you know, your attorney, your closing attorney, your, your real estate agents, they, they can look at that stuff for you. Uh, but that's something, that's something to keep in mind because um, there's some, there's some restrictions out there, but that is, uh, I think that's a fine, mystery question i think it was too man i think it was pretty good i think that's one of the five best ones we've done today 
<laughs> say top five easily. Well, yeah. and, and so many of us, as you mentioned, Josh, have uh, have really started to look at Airbnbs over hotels when we do travel, and uh, more and more people are putting Airbnbs out there. And so, I mean, it's it's, it's right on point. A lot of people are uh, looking at these these different situations and the HOAs, and uh, you know, people are concerned, so they they have to find that 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 even ground. Or and if they can't if they can't stop them, they can't stop them. But if it's not in the HOA, uh, it's going to be, um, you know, it's going to be tough uh, to to keep them from doing it. And of course, I guess they could meet and and vote on new laws. But the I guess the existing Airbnb would be okay. Am I correct in saying that? Yes. <laughs> All right. When we come back on Judica County, we will wrap up the show. Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, managing partners, Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. Offices located Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, Gastonia, and Moorhead City. If you've got a legal situation, you can always call the firm. 800-659-1186. Got a question, need an answer? Call the firm. 800-659-1186. Leave your contact information briefly, what the call is about. An attorney will be in touch. And you can always email your questions to the show, info at judicacounty.com. We're back. We'll wrap it up right after this. Welcome back into Judica County Radio. Your hosts are Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer. They're the managing partners, Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. And the motto, your law firm for life. And they've got offices conveniently located in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, and Gastonia, as well as Moorhead City. And again, if you've got a legal situation you are facing, you can always call the firm 800 800- Leave your contact information, briefly what the call is about, and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. Again, the number 800-659-1186, and you can email your question to the show. We'll answer it on a future broadcast. That's info at judicacounty.com. Gentlemen, final segment. Well, I got another question queued up, Joseph. That's good, man, because we've got time to still fill, so (laughs) that warms my heart. So this this, this question asker is... uh, he is, he is buying in to an existing business, right? Ooh. So he's coming in. Uh, he's coming into an existing business. We're going to say it's an LLC. So it's an existing LLC, and he's coming in. He's buying into it, and he's basically just asking, basically, what you know, what does that mean? What do I need to do uh, to buy into this LLC? That's his question. Yeah, so I feel like this is the answer to every question, man. But it depends. So when these when these guys created when these guys created their LLC, they're already in business. They've already created an LLC. An LLC is not like a corporation. Usually, you know, you're not you don't have shares. And an LLC, there's membership interest. Membership interest, and there's you got a there's a hundred percent right. There's a hundred percent membership interest. So if I open Josh LLC and I'm the only member, I'm the only owner. I've got a hundred percent membership interest. Here from our fact pattern that our question asker gave us, there's two current owners. We don't know how they own their business. How would we know how they own their business? Uh, we would look at their operating agreement. That would be uh, that would be a, a good starting place for that's, us. That's right. We have a lot of people come to us and and we're doing some business planning, and they're like, you know, we need to start an LLC, and they're like, okay, I'll go down to Secretary of State's. I know how to do that. I just fill out a form, and filling out a form at the Secretary of State's office is called Articles of Organization. It's a very simple form. You can fill it out. And that starts your LLC. That gives you your shell, but your LLC is actually defined by your operating agreement. Um, and so here are these two two fellows who opened a, a business and have an LLC. They'll have an operating agreement. 
where they agree with one another uh, on how to operate their business. I would imagine they each have a 50% membership interest. So this person buying in would first need a contract. It would first need an agreement saying, hey, I'm coming to work for you guys. I'm going to get paid this in exchange. You're going to give me a certain, we'll say they're going to be a third, right? Okay. We're going to be a third. I, I, need a, I need a 33 and one third percent uh, membership interest. And this is where we're, it's just like a house. This is when we're going to close. This is what I'm going to give you, pay you, do. This is my consideration. So there needs to be, this LLC, first of all, needs to have an operating agreement. So we know, because there's also restrictions in these uh, operating agreements, right? Yep. They might have a restriction saying, they have to do certain things before they could sell a membership interest. So we need to make sure all those things are done. This gentleman needs an agreement on exactly how this is going to be, when and how this is going to be transferred. And then at some point, this membership, there's only 100% interest. And if they own 50 and 50, they're each going to have to sell a fraction of their ownership, 33 and a third percent. Mm -hmm. Divide that by half. What is that? Look, man, <laughs> look, I didn't come here to do math, brother. <laughs> I came here to do law. Math talk. Not math law. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, math talk. God, talk about a show, man. So each uh, each member is going to have to sell roughly 16 to 17 Let's percent just say interest. Some, some amount of their, yeah, <laughs> they're going to have to sell some of it. To, the, to this guy, and then there'll be a closing, and there'll be documents signed, and, and that's how you evidence that they would enter a new operating agreement usually. Um, but that, you know, it sounds simple, right? I'm buying into this business and then you have to ask all these questions. Well, this is a business who owns this business. How mm -hmm. does this business run? How do they sell? And then it's kind of like when we talk about leases, it all goes back to the lease. So this would all go back to the operating agreement. It would tell you exactly what needs to happen. And if they don't have an op, we find that a lot, we, you know, we'll be dealing with an LLC and we'll be like, Hey, where's your operating agreement? And they won't have one. And we say, we got to get you one. Yeah. I was like, we, we got to get you one of those. You got to make one. You yeah. got to, you got to start one. Yep, that's right. Otherwise, you don't really know what you're what you're dealing with. You just have this shell that you started down in the Secretary of State's office. Yeah, that's a good answer, man. A good answer for a good question. But but anytime you're going to do something like that, you, you you need to get an attorney involved. This this guy follows up his question by asking if he can. Is there a template that he can get online? That's the second part of his question. And attorneys aren't big fans of templates because templates are one size fits all and. Uh, especially for something like that, that ends up being a decently complicated transaction. There's, and a lot of pitfalls. Yeah. There's a lot of questions to be, to be asked a lot of, uh, due diligence. Yes. Dude, dude, diligence <laughs> to be performed. Um, and depending on the size of the company, you know, if, if the company is a $50 million company with a lot of different assets and a lot of different States, these, uh, these mergers, these acquisitions, they can, uh, you know, and there might be there might be some reasons uh, for starting a just starting a brand new business, maybe buying into the existing business. Once you ask all the right questions, maybe there's some liability there you don't want. And it might make more sense for a new LLC to purchase the assets of the old LLC. Oh, now you're now you're cooking, brother. Yeah. So now you're cooking. So but but laying this out in front of an attorney saying, hey, this is what I want to do. An attorney can ask you the right questions. It was like, is this really what you want to do or do you really want to do this? And you just didn't. Those are what my consults are, man. Me just looking at me, do you really <laughs> want to do this? I just keep getting higher and higher. <laughs> do you really want to do this? <laughs> but, um, but that's where any good professional, right? A good real estate agent, a good accountant, a good CPA, a good attorney, you're going to go to them and say, hey, this is what I want to do. 
and they're going to tell you a good way to do it or at least some, some things to think about. And then you might end up making the final decision, obviously, like what's, what's best for you in the long run. But there's a lot of pitfalls out there. Yeah, a lot of pits, I, man. I, I kind of like Joe's method where he just raises his voice. Oh, it works, man. And then I people mean, walk out and they're just like, wow, well, I, I <laughs> my think life has changed. Our ratings with the dog community just went way up. Oh. It's like a dog whistle. It's like, Wee! Now we should do that, man. Just in the background, have like an inaudible to humans <laughs> whistle. Man, people, my dog loves this show. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's a, that. This would be what we call business planning, and right. So this like this guy's obviously putting his time and his energy and his money into a into a pre existing business. So there's just some some questions and some some due diligence. But um, you said Josh LLC. That was the name of the company in your fact pattern. I want to know what Josh LLC does. Uh, it sells cots. <laughs> I was thinking, I don't know why, man, but I think it sells tidy whitey underwear for older men who are very tired today. That seems like the play. You ever see those, you ever see those hotels in like, it's always like Japan, I think, but there's, they're like, basically it's like a bus locker, but it's big enough for you to get in there and lay down. Yeah. Yeah. They and got so, those. Yeah. It's like a buck and you just you take go a and, nap. Yeah. You yeah. Take a nap. Yeah. I like we, that. We need more places here we do. where you could just take a nap. I think you turn Shady's into that. Just and a I'd, place to take a nap. Just a place to take a nap. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or do, you have, do you have nap pods at the firm and at any of the offices? No. Robert, We're going to get them in our offices. I, mean, I don't want our employees taking naps necessarily, but mm -hmm. us, yeah, for sure. Well, that's just, you know, in an office, it's just a cot, right? Yeah, it's just a cot. Yeah. Bring back nap time. Like I used, used to have in kindergarten. I used to work for this. I used to work for an attorney who had a, he had like, a, he had a good size office, you know, it was his building and, and, and he had the main office. He had his office and he had his little closet, little closet. It looked like it was barely not even big enough to be a coat closet, but then you, you opened it. And it was a bedroom because oh. he worked, you know, he worked so much. It's like Narnia. Yeah. And the bedroom was bigger than the office, but Jeez. like you didn't, you, you wouldn't have known that's what it was. Why'd you never tell me about that? That sounds awesome. Mm -hmm. I just thought about it. <laughs> sounds like a dream. Coming to an office of Whitaker and Hamer soon. It'll be the Narnia closet. It'll be your, your, your ability to take naps. Well, guys. Yeah. Get get squealed at and then take a nap. That's our, <laughs> what we give you. Well, another great show in the books, a lot of great questions answered and debated, and people are going to have their own set of questions with their own situations. And you can always call Whitaker and Hamer 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Leave your contact information, briefly what the call's about, and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. You can always email your questions to this show, info at judicacounty.com. We'll answer them on a future broadcast, but Josh Whitaker and Joe Hammer, you've got offices all over the place. Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, Gastonia, and Moorhead City. And remember the motto, your law firm for life. So remember that. And if you have your legal questions, you can always call the firm, 800-659-1186. For Josh and Joe, I'm Morgan Patrick. We'll see you on the radio next week. Judica County is hosted by attorneys licensed to practice law in North Carolina. Some of the guests appearing on this podcast may be licensed North Carolina attorneys. Discussion on this podcast is meant to be general in nature and in no way should the discussion be interpreted as legal advice. Legal advice can only be rendered once an attorney licensed in the state in which you live has the opportunity to discuss the facts of your case with you. The attorneys appearing on this podcast are speaking in generalities about the law in North Carolina and how these laws affect the average North Carolinian. If you have any questions about the content of this show, you can direct such inquiry to Joshua Whitaker at jmw at mwhlaw.lawyer.